Hi, my name is Kim and I'm married to an addict alcoholic. Hi, Kim. My name is Chris and I am an addict alcoholic. Hi, Chris. Um, I was supposed to go be in a contest tonight doing stand-up, but I just wasn't really feeling it. Yeah. Plus, I did some research today. I, it's, it's So it's embarrassing what happened this morning. And, like, I get why initially you thought it was funny, but it's actually, like, it was, that's, it was really depressing. Well, you made a joke about it on your Facebook, like, a week ago. Yeah, but it hadn't actually happened. What do you mean? But it has. Like, you made a joke on your Facebook about food in bed. About food in bed? Yeah. And this isn't, like, the first time there's been, like... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess I don't remember that. How do you... Okay, I'll look it up, but go ahead. A week ago? About a week ago, yeah. I'll look it up. Keep talking. Oh, making jokes about having food in bed is not the same as what happened. Okay, and I guess you can explain what happened then. I feel like there's a lot of judgment. There is no judgment. I mean, it sounds like oh, it. Oh, photographic evidence of the following. Two empty, empty Pop-Tart wrappers, one in a container full of... Okay. Yeah, see, it wasn't the... Not okay. not the same. Okay. Um, But yeah, woke up this morning and I had... That went to bed with a bowl of chips and woke up this morning and was just covered in chips. Like, I had rolled around in it and it was all over... There's, yeah, it was all over, all over the place. And it just made me kind of freak out. Because, yeah, it's like, there's ways that it could be funny, for sure. That sounds like something I would make a joke about later. But for some reason, it hit me differently this morning. And so when I got to work, I started looking into food addiction. And... So to to bring people up to speed, like when I got out of treatment, well, actually while I was in treatment too, my my eating habits had gone way, way up. That and like they changed because you've never been a big sweet person and you were eating candy bars and stuff while yeah. you were in treatment, which is not like you, that wasn't normal for you. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, it's just been ev- almost every single night. I think I've made it a couple of nights without without doing it, but... Without like snacking before bed, yeah, yeah, or in bed, I should say. In bed, that's that's the big problem. Is is like, I'm not even. I don't even know that I'm really enjoying it. I'm just activating that flavor sense, mm-hmm. and then it goes up here and da da da. So I looked it up today. Apparently, it's a pretty controversial diagnosis, having a food addiction, because we live in a time where like body shaming and. Um, body positivity and stuff like that. So throwing that label out is problematic in certain regards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's only a problem if, I mean, so for my, my situation, it's a problem. I could choke and die. I, there's just, just no reason that I should be doing this. And it's it's making me gain weight, and weight gain is really bad for people who have bad backs. Like, even if you don't have a bad back, it can be bad, but, like, especially for me because... Well, and you've had bad knees in the past, too, so it's knees, like... Bad knees, yep. And uh, 
And plus, snacking on all that stuff, I'm dehydrating myself right mm. before I fall asleep. So inflammation, there's all kinds of things that like just bad with the stuff that I have going on. I, sh- I shouldn't be doing that. Um, so I looked up food addiction and it's it's exactly like any any type of substance addiction from what I gather. Um, and the thing that stuck out to me, which I've talked about on here a bunch is, uh, when you abuse substances, you literally carve out this, this new pathway because your brain isn't used to the dope, the amount of dopamine that's being introduced. So it literally has to carve out like a, a deeper well, basically, so that it can accommodate for that, that dopamine or you, it gets eroded. I don't know how you want to word it, but, um, so basically, I've just been filling that void to some extent. It might not be fully, but maybe because I do it for, for until I fall asleep, that my body's just like, just keep introducing it. Just keep, eventually it's going to make us feel as good as the other thing did. And Well, and the thing is you'd lay in bed and drink and then fall asleep. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I did do that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that was a big ha- yeah. Like the those white claws. I would I would have. Those were so easy to drink before bed. Yeah, and you'd lay in bed and have them. Yeah, there'd be cans and cans next to your side of the bed. Yeah, uh, that's a really interesting mm-hmm. parallel that I didn't I didn't make that connection, but that makes a lot more sense now too. That I was just so used to doing something until I fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's really interesting. I'm sorry for the big pause, folks, but as we've said on almost every single episode, we learned something. Yeah. And that's one, one connection. And I think that you're I under made. a lot of stress too, and you may be like self-medicating with food. Well, even when I wasn't under stress though. Yeah. It's you know true. what I mean? Like yeah. I, it was still... It was just funny. You're just replacing something with something else. Yeah. And I think it's easy. Like you're constantly doing something in your office. So like that um, oral fixation, you need to be having something in your mouth. So whether or not right now it's nicotine gum, like you were a big gum chewer for a while too. Yeah. So it's like having that something all the time. And then unfortunately, like when we're watching TV or we're doing things on the computer or whatever, like it's just what we do we yeah. feel like we need it yeah it doesn't mean that you need it but you have this desire i know since we put the house up for sale and all the stress that's been going on my eating has gone to shit like oh, i really? really quit eating sweets like i would eat those smart sweets in replacements of sweets yeah and then my brain was like i'm stressed out and as a reward to myself i'd be like hmm, i'm gonna get a candy bar and then every day I'd be like, mm, this is the last time. Since this is the last time I'm going to eat sweets, I'm going to go get one last sweet. And now it's become a thing in my head where yesterday I got upset about something at work. And it's like, I'm going to go get a bar from the cafeteria because I've earned that. Because mm. then t- starting tomorrow, I'm not going to eat sweets anymore. Well, we grew up being conditioned that way, too. Oh, for sure. Like my parents. Yeah. All the time. Even but- now, like our my my parents will, will still like it's. I don't know. It, it's such a simple way to make someone feel better. Yeah. Like it, appearance wise, it, it seems like. Um, 
but but when it becomes like it become like it becomes an addiction not to the aspect where it like it is with you but like sweets like i i was talking to a friend today and she is in some weight program and she was really upset because she was actually supposed to close down a house yesterday and all this crap hit the fan didn't pan out yeah and like i said she's on this weight program and she carved until she felt physically uncomfortable and she was talking about she's like i was talking to her she was talking to her like weight loss counselor and was like that is self-injurious behavior i am causing self-harm to myself because i knew exactly what Mm. i was doing and i was pushing my body until i felt physically uncomfortable and sick wow that that's an interesting thought the whole self-harm thing yeah and again the reason why this is like a controversial topic is because it's it's so subjective i mean you can be body positive and we can you know like people do not have to be super like thin that's not the thing the thing is is like when you are eating to the excess that you are harming yourself like you you or you're replacing an addiction with another thing yeah well you can it does so even if you're a super healthy person and you're eating a bunch of sweets, like it can, it does damage to your teeth. It does, yeah, you know, yeah. there's all, but it's, it's the, the thing that I uh, read was like the phrase, do you really need to be eating that? And it's like that in, so, there's so many scenarios where that's a bad thing. Saying that to somebody? Yeah. Saying yeah. that to somebody. So it's like, it's the, the, the the way that you go about helping somebody is it's so like you it's just very um what's the word i'm looking for um i know you're like walking a a tightrope like whatever that phrase is yeah yeah um it's just very tricky yeah yeah to to how how do you because it's not like you're calling that person fat right but in our heads, when someone says that to us, because I've had it said to me, you know, really, do you really want to be eating that? Because especially when I've been on diets and people know. Oh, yeah. Like, do you think you really should be eating that? It's like, oh, you think I'm fat? Yeah. That's not what the person's saying. They're trying to be supportive. It's just that's not a supportive way to say yeah. that. It just there's so many negative connotations when it comes to food. It's there such is. a tricky, tricky thing. I mean, in the way that like um, different foods, if your diabetic food is a totally different thing to you, if there's all kinds of things, if your Your cholesterol is too high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of scenarios where it can be a problem. Um, And unfortunately, one of the medications you take at nighttime also causes increased appetite. So that's another reason why you kind of binge eat at night. Yeah. And I know we've been making jokes because the last, I don't know how many nights you, there literally has been a bowl of cereal in the bed and I've had to pick it up and there's well, no milk. Yeah. No milk. Just, just dry cereal. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dry cereal in a bowl in bed. And I've, there've been times where you're laying in bed, falling asleep as you're chewing food. Yeah. You have to be like, you need to stop. Yeah. So it's, it's applicable to whatever, um, when it comes to addiction, uh, when it's uh, when your life becomes unmanageable, and this isn't uncommon. Like in that group I'm a part of, that one on Facebook, people talk about it all the time. Like, have you had increased desire for sweets since you've quit your addiction? Have you? How's like? Do you replace now? Are you eating a lot more? And like we used to, 
I remember a lot of people with cigarettes. Mm. They when they would quit, they would gain weight. And it, I mean, a lot of times it's a motion of putting something up to your mouth, you yeah. know, when you're smoking. But then, yeah, people, it's a replacement. You're not getting up to go outside to do this thing. So you're yeah. removing X amount of steps throughout the day on top of that. There's yeah. all kinds of things. So um, we'll, we'll work on that with you. It's yeah. our plan. We got to replace that so you don't. Because you were talking to me earlier about it can lead to. Right. So, ba- okay. Yes. Thank you. Um So because of that whole pathway thing, going back to the dopamine, how um, you've fucked up that thing, if I were to like suddenly stop, like it's, it's similar to withdrawals. Like if I were to just try to cut cold turkey, this whole eating thing and tried to change everything drastically, you're kind of in that danger wavy zone. Mm. Um, and so it can, yeah, it can cause you to be irrational and, and it's, it's, um, I had a doctor tell me she was more cautious about me quitting drinking soda than some other health thing that I had going on, like an actual health problem. I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to stop drinking soda. She was like, Oh, do you drink caffeinated beverages? Okay. Be really careful because you get headaches and for real you like, go through she was, caffeine withdrawal. She was super like so it's it's something that like I I don't know why I hadn't connected the dots, but um, and I think another thing too is like your snacking is not on healthy things. Like before, you would hang out in here and eat sugar snap peas and carrots and yeah. shit like that all the time. You that's what you would snack on, and now it is like things that you had never been a snacker on. Yeah. I mean chips, yeah, but like the amount of chips or yeah. like the sweets too is just that's different. Yes. Where that has different. done a switch where and a lot of like chips. Usually you'd have like one a little bit here and there, but it's like the filling up of the the bowl kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. And um, the God, what was the other point I was trying to make? So with that dopamine thing, um, I'm not allowing that part of my brain to heal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the 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 more that I can remove, um, in that regard, like where I don't feel like even with nicotine gum, like it hasn't been as bad as it was when i quit smoking initially no, i was gonna say you definitely don't chew i honestly didn't think you were chewing it anymore because i don't see as many wrappers and yeah. stuff like that i mean i throw them away but um but like i've even noticed and i i wonder if going to the four milligrams helped because i bite it in half otherwise i get a tummy ache mm. and i just that's kind of annoying and so it's like eh. my i just don't feel as angry about it i don't feel grumpy or anything yeah. like that um, but yeah, it's, it's just so crazy. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm not allowing that part of my brain to heal. And be, if I'm just continuing to kind of have this pathway open, mm-hmm. then yeah, there's, we, we say all the time, like, um, I, I don't try to kid myself and think that I've beat this thing. Because yeah. like I, you always have to be, and that's why we do this every week too. Is I, I have to be thinking of the because your brain tries to trick you. It's it's so complicated. This whole thing is way more complicated than people think. 
And I think that um, my approach to the psychological aspect is far more important than like this higher power concept and like relinquishing and like forgiveness is important, but it's not like my number one thing right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it really bogs people down sometimes and um, trying to figure out why my brain wants certain things or why I think a certain way. There's even like, there's like invasive thoughts that I've, I've conveyed to you where I'm like, I, it, I don't like that. I'm upset that I am thinking of this thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it's, so I get like, you feel like tricked, like your brain has somehow figured out a way to trick you. And it's yeah. like, I, I know that that's not important to me at all, but it is somehow done this. So I don't know if it's like my subconscious brain is like, we've got to figure out a way to get like a real quick boost of dopamine. And mm. that's why it's trying to do all this shit. But damn brain of yours. it's fucking complicated. I think your dog has social anxiety again or what's it here. called separation anxiety farley's got a me addiction yeah he's been sticking his his schnoz underneath the door lately. yeah you can hear it <sighs> well in the next house he'll be able to see us through the door which is frustrating because i know that nobody can hear it on the microphones i know it's just distracting but i can fucking hear it yeah um but yeah, so this this whole I yeah I do wonder if it's a subconscious thing that my brain is like trying to figure out how to because I had trained my brain drink X amount five minutes later everything will be better. So when you have this idea, yeah. So maybe that's it. the The planning of okay when it's this time and I introduce this thing, I'm gonna feel better. Like with the eating thing, mm -hmm. I'm in bed playing Pokemon Go, watching whatever on Netflix. Like it's a relaxing yeah. thing. And um, with the, well, I mean, it has to do, there's so many, the, the, the hypomania, ADHD, uh, depression, anxiety, like all of these things that I'm already having to juggle, which has been fucking difficult lately. Like, uh, I forget if it was Monday or Sunday, whatever day that was. Um, my brain just like, I was sitting and my brain was like, oh, hey, in case you forgot, we still have all of these mental health issues. And I wasn't like, it felt really strange and, and I sorry if you guys heard this on yesterday's episode, but um it felt like remember Harry Potter when he's sitting in front of that mirror and he can see his parents? Yeah. It felt like that. Like they couldn't they couldn't come through the mirror to affect anything. Yeah. But I could see them there. And that's what it felt like. Like there's just all of this shit sitting here. And it's like <clears throat> So it's just a weird, it's weird to know that about yourself and it, like nothing's happening. It, it's like, yeah, it's like knowing that a storm's coming or something. I don't know. Even though it's probably not going to happen. Like I just, just knowing that it's there is a really odd feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. 
it's like I get constant reminders that I have really bad anxiety and my depression can get bad. Like yeah. when all this house stuff was going on, I got really bad to the, where I wasn't, you know, I was having trouble sleeping and focusing yeah. and all that. And I haven't had to use the medication that the doctor gave me for a while, which was helpful. Oh yeah. Um, but then like I get moments where I can tell that my like, Oh, is this me just being tired from a lot of, you know, working a couple days in a row or am I starting to like sink into that? Like today I would get in and out of bed and when I knew I had a ton of stuff to do, I have all, you know, all this packing mm. I need to get done. And, but then it's like, Oh, it feels just, I just want to be in bed. I just don't want to interact with anyone. Well, I have to interact with Landon to get him to do school stuff. But the, so then it's like a constant battle. Like, okay, are you feeling depressed or are you just exhausted? Oh, sure. And it's like, then you like kind of go down this rabbit hole of like, well, no, if I was depressed, I would feel this and this and this and this. I'm just tired. You know, my job is so mentally exhausting, not necessarily physically, but like two days in a row of like, I mean, we've, there's just like a lot of people are just really sick right now with mental health. Like change of seasons is really hard for people. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of COVID is just like, people are just sick. Yeah. And it's just like, then like, it's just a lot of, you know, so then it's like, oh, my brain's just tired. My brain is so tired and then getting up early and. Well, and we talk about that too, that how the, the, the mental stuff affects your physical stuff. Oh, for sure. Your posture, whether you're tense, like your muscles being tense and so that fatigue, there's all kinds of. Yeah. And I always talk to people, gosh, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, about mental health, but it's like, if you, your mental health is not well, it's going to affect your physical health. Like a lot of times if you're feeling anxious, you're not sleeping. If you're not sleeping, you have all these other issues and then you get like, I don't know me, if I'm really anxious or depressed, I have stomach problems. Oh, like yeah, yeah. My anxiety got so bad in third grade, I had ulcers. Mm. You know, it's real bad stomach problems. Um, sometimes when people get really anxious, they get diarrhea. Yeah. Or, you know, they, like it can cause, or head, people get headaches and all types of stuff. So it's just interesting to me that there's still stigma against mental health because you go to any hospital in the state and they all have. ICUs, they all have med surge units, mom, baby units, mm. all those units. Not every hospital has a mental health unit. Yeah. But if your mental health's not doing well, nothing else is going to be, you're physically going to have a lot of symptoms. Right. It just baffles me. It would be interesting to have a center the way that a hospital has different units, right? Yeah. For your physical aspect. Yeah. If there were if if um, there was a mental health clinic or hospital that you have your version of the ER, you have your version of oh. like annual checkups. I know. And I believe, correct me, someone can definitely fact check me on this, but Mayo has like, I think their units are like mood disorders units. So like depression mm. and all that. And then more like. Um, the schizophrenia, like they have separate units specialized for the different kind of mental health disorders. Fact check me on that. I believe that is the case, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, even so that's one place. Yeah. And cause I mean, and you can talk on this more so than I can, cause I haven't been on a mental health unit as adult, just as a child. And it's mm. different as a child, but like when you go to a mental health unit and you struggle with 
anxiety and you see all these people like having these psychotic breaks and agitation and all that, it makes your anxiety worse. Yeah. So a lot of times like people don't feel comfortable going to mental health units because you are putting a bunch of people with all these different disorders in one place. You know, when someone goes to a med surge unit or a neuro unit, they're not expected to come out of their rooms and talk to each other. And, you know, whereas a mental health unit, that's a great point. They're like, you're all going to spend time together and do these groups, which it can be helpful. I'm not saying that it's not. And I'm not saying like mental health units have an incorrect, mm-hmm. but it's like you're also you're not mixing all this guy that had a stroke with this person that had a TBI and you're all going to yep, inter- yep, yep. work together and go to all these groups. I mean, there's a person with schizophrenia and here's a person with manic bipolar. and Here's a person who's catatonic and severely depressed. Granted, that person's probably not getting out of bed because... Right, right, right. Depending on their catatonia. It's like, we're going to, and then this person with severe anxiety and this guy with schizophrenia is yelling at people that aren't there. We're going to put you all together in one room and you're all going to talk to each other. That's a lot. Especially people who have never been hospitalized before. You, Mm -hmm. you know, you go to a unit and there's all these different people with all these different disorders and you might not understand their, or you might be so out of touch with reality because of your own mental health that you don't even know what's going on. And that's an issue too. Yeah. I don't know. No, I no, can no. babble I, about this forever. I just feel like there's not enough. Re- I want a f- freaking president who's going to do something about the issues with addiction in the country and mental health. Give us more resources, yeah. more money, more resources. If you're going to start taxing these billionaires, put it towards treating people with mental health disorders. Yeah. One in four freaking people. More than I guarantee there's more than that. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's just the people that come forward. About yes. It. Yeah. Who that, are open about it, too. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say that's like statistics are tricky because it's yeah, it's it's who's willing to say that that's what's going on. Yeah. Who's, you know, had any professional help in the matter at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But with the staying on the unit thing, I heard this all the time. I'm not like these guys. I'm not mm-hmm. like them. I'm not. I don't have that problem. I, why can't I go home? I'm clearly not like anybody here. But yeah, we're just so ill-equipped to effectively handle that shit. Yeah. And so when you hear that and when you personally feel that... Um, you become jaded to the process. You feel like you're, so you're not on the same off. level with those people. Yep, yep, yep. yep. And no, you shouldn't be talk. You shouldn't, as a nurse or a provider, shouldn't be spending a lot of time on me. That guy or girl or whoever has severe schizophrenia and they can't function outside of a facility. Yep. Like you need to be, <laughs> don't worry about me. I was suicidal, I was depressed, anxious. So I'm fine compared yeah. to that person. Right, where, right. Then, then we're comparing ourselves when we can't do that. Like I do that myself too, where I'm like, I'll lay in bed and be like, like when with my anxiety, when I get so overwhelmed about things and I can't sleep and all that. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, but I, uh, the patients that I see have, they have struggles. Some of them don't have houses or families or they have addictions and they have no way to get to a assessment to get into treatment. They don't even know how to do any of that. And I am a functioning adult who has a full-time job, who has a house. Like, I have to remind myself of all these things that I have to bring myself back. But it's like that 
And then at the same time, I have to remind myself, like, my anxiety is still important. Just, mm-hmm. be, you know, I think we do a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 tough all around. Yeah. All, all of that, like, to say is that, um, I mean, a, as I dive into this stuff, uh, most people have um, some type of mental health issue when it comes to addiction. For sure. Um, or trauma or, yeah. you know, something. Um, so it just speaks to everything that we just said. Imagine having all of that. And then on top of that, you do not understand your addiction at all. And you have all of these underlying mental health issues. It just makes it that much harder to grasp this sh- shit. <laughs> and that's why, like, my focus is the mental health stuff. It's why it's so important to us. Yeah. It's why we, we talk about it no matter what show we're doing. <laughs> yeah. comes up every single episode. That's my everyday life because I work it. Yeah. Trying to even educate, like, professional people, like, about And I always use the word. I never say that person's really mentally ill. I always Mm -hmm. say that person's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am trying to change the way other people look at it. Like when um, a nurse will talk to me about someone, I'll be like, that person's really sick. Mm. Just to change people. Because it's like that person in that medical room who's maybe super sick with some respiratory issues or whatever. You're going to say that person's really sick. Well, this person's sick in a different way. Yeah. So I am myself, I say it all the time, like that person's really sick. Just so people can start changing the way we think about our patients or our these people that are mentally ill. Yeah. Or even chemical dependency. If they're coming in super intoxicated every other day or high on something or whatever else and they are not obviously functioning in the community, they're sick. You could think of addiction as a mental health disorder. Oh, for really. sure. Yeah. Because it's in the DSM five, yeah. What's that? The diagnostics. Oh gosh, it's where they come up with the this. That's how they diagnose people with mental health disorders. Uh, the diagnostic and statistic. <laughs> the diagnostic st- statistical manual. It's the fifth version. I mean, back in the day, they had some not nice diagnoses in there, but they've definitely taken quite a bit yeah. out. Yeah. But we're learning. We, you know, we're. Uh, but I believe it. Um, I want to see if um, addictions in there. I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, severity, mild, moderate, or severe. So with alcohol, the criteria. So that there's criteria for these diagnoses. So oftentimes, like the professionals know what the criteria is. Do you want to know what the criteria is for alcohol yes, disorder? Um, a problematic pattern of alcohol use leading to clinically significant impairment or distress as manifested by at least two of the following occurring within a 12-month period. Alcohol is often taken in larger amounts or over a longer period of time than intended. There is persistent desire and unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control alcohol use. A great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain alcohol, use alcohol, or recover from its effects. Craving or strong desire or urge to use alcohol. Reoccurrent alcohol use resulting in a failure to fulfill major role obligations at work, school, or home. Continued alcohol use despite having persistent or reoccurrent social or interpersonal problems caused or exacerbated by the effects of alcohol. Important social, occupational, or recreational activities are given up 
or reduced because of alcohol use, reoccurring alcohol use in situations where it is physically dangerous. Alcohol use is continued despite knowledge of having a persistent or reoccurring physical or psychological problem that is likely to have been uh, caused or exacerbated by alcohol, tolerance, and then withdrawal. So I think you were diagnosed with... I can't remember. But you trying to so my, two figure to, out my severity? Yeah, two to three symptoms is mild. Four to five is moderate, and six or more um, is severe. I shouldn't see what you were diagnosed with. Um, same, yeah. same again. That's that's a lot of them. You may read through all of them. Yeah, one more time. I spaced out for a second because I'm still have anxiety about talking to Ollie. There's eleven of them. I'm not gonna read them through them all. Thank you. One more time. Alcohol is often taken in larger amounts over a longer period of time than intended. There is persistent desire or unsuccessful efforts to cut down or control alcohol use. A great deal of time is spent in activities necessary to obtain alcohol, use alcohol, or recover from its effects. Craving or a strong desire to or urge to use alcohol. Reoccurring alcohol use resulting in a failure to fulfill major role obligations at work, school, or home. Continue alcohol use despite having persistent or reoccurring social or interpersonal problems caused or exacerbated by the effects of alcohol. Important social, occupational, or recreational activities are given up or reduced because of alcohol use. Reoccurring alcohol use in situations where it is physically dangerous. Alcohol use is continued despite knowledge of having a persistent or reoccurring physical or psychological problem that is likely to have been caused or exacerbated by alcohol, tolerance, and then withdrawal. That's all of them. You had all of them. Yeah. So yeah, you're severe. Yeah. Thanks for reading them again. Oh, I'm a little out of breath. I bet. Yeah, I had all, I'm pretty sure that sounds familiar too, is like, uh, there was a there was a lot of like hemming and hawing about it, like I don't think I was putting anybody in danger, because something that addicts do a lot is if I'm not harming anybody, then therefore there's no harm being done. So like the I know that sounds like I just said the same thing twice, but it's different because when you continue to do um, what is perceived as uneventful things that well, yeah, could not lead to harm. DD, you're not getting DWIs. Yeah. You're not losing your job. You're not like having seizures or severe withdrawal symptoms where you're yeah. needing to be hospitalized. But at the same time, if something severe happened with our children at home, you did not have the mental capacity to make a decision or drive them to the ER. Yeah. Is that or, putting them in danger? Or I would have. And that's so, putting them in danger, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, just because it overtly doesn't appear yeah. to be dangerous or have consequence, the lack of consequence, that's what I was looking for. The lack of consequence does not mean you're not causing harm. Yeah. So, or, I mean, we can say that technically you're not causing harm. Sure. If you want to get to the minutia of it. But one scenario could result in a lot of harm Mm -hmm. one slight variation so you convince yourself all you want but there's and this is so stupid (laughs) that we i like I, i get frustrated to like sound like i know what i'm talking about all the time 
but it's also like like people still come to me for answers about stuff but they I'm not I'm not giving them the confirmation bias that they were hoping for you know what I mean like I'm not here to tell you that you're you're not hurting yourself I never wanted to be the person that was like you know no judgment or whatever yeah. but like if you're going to continue to do this shit then you've got to know that like I'm I'm absolutely here for you no question but if you don't actually want my advice on the matter then just don't, don't bring ask. it up yeah if you just want to be friends and you're going to deal with your shit okay if you tune in every week hoping to hear something that will change your trajectory it's 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 going to be a lot of the same it's going to like th- there are things that you can do to better your situation you need help absolutely like don't do it on your own i i say all the time that i was lucky or am lucky that i have the support system that i do and that i have people who allow me the grace to learn mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i didn't I, I i didn't really have a lot of um well actually even last week like you said you just started listening to the episode with sean scott mm-hmm. yeah i got like 25 maybe minutes in. anyways so scott towards the end says he doesn't understand it because it's selfish and at first i thought he was like trying to understand and like he was saying past tense and then I was like, N- even now? And it's like, yeah. Like, it appears to be a selfish thing. The, addiction, the attempt? Well, the attempt and addiction. Because it seems like you're choosing to do this to yourself. And you're choosing to give this more importance than, than these other things. But you're not really. And when if people say that to you, like, how come you can't? How how come it has to be this over me? How come I can't be enough? Mm-hmm. If you've heard that type of stuff, then ask for help. Yeah. And be ready to receive that help. So uh, a big turning point was uh, I didn't necessarily admit that I was an addict in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I said I... I want the desire to want to change because f- w- like forcing yourself through it feels yucky and yeah. very uncomfortable, wildly uncomfortable. And so like the first step really is have it be that simple. Have I just want to want to change because it's okay. Well, it's like it's the um, we talk a lot in addiction about the stages of change. So mm. there's pre-contemplation, contemplation, action. Oh goodness! So when I I took a nicotine or like a quit smoking kind of program, um, and we talk about the ch- uh, stages of change, and like we I worked with an addiction counselor, and she does a lot with the changes. Or when st- was this? Um, when I worked at the clinic. Oh, okay. So a while ago. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. Well, I mean, there's the five. Okay. So pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and then maintenance. 
So pre-contemplation, like you're not really thinking about it. Um, I'll t- I can go through the stages. Um, this is for change? Yeah. So wanting to change. Because so, it sounds like uh, the way a, a, quite a few other things have been explained. So it's just yeah. interesting. I've never heard so, it in this way. Um, individuals in pre-contemplation stage of, ch- of change are not even thinking about changing their drinking behavior. They're reluctant, rebellious, resigned, and rationalizing. Contemplation is um, individuals that are willing to consider the possibility that they have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the possibility offers hope for change. However, people who are contemplating change are often highly ambivalent. They are on the fence. Um, contemplation is not a commitment, not a decision to change. They're often quite interested in learning about alcoholism and treatment. They know that drinking is causing problems. They have a mental list of all the reasons that drinking is bad for them. But even with all these negatives, they still cannot make a decision. Um, preparation to action, deciding to stop drinking is the hallmark of change, uh, stage of change. Okay. Um, and then action is obviously like doing some type of treatment or, you know, changing what they're doing and the maintenance is when a person's able to maintain their change behavior over a sustained period of time. But yeah, so that, that, that drives that, that point home that you have just look for the desire, like the desire to want to change because you're trying to force that change. It, It might, it, it might not stick anyways because the odds are fucking stacked against addicts, but um, you're really diminishing the chances by just trying to force yourself to do it. Yeah. Um, and not having the intention that, like, wanting to do it so that people will get off your back most of the time doesn't work. No. So just wanting to not feel so agitated by the concept is huge. Yeah. When I didn't feel agitation towards quitting, um, it, it's weird that I just said it that way because that's how I viewed it. I was like, I just have to quit drinking. I just have to quit that and then I'll be fine. And then people will leave me the fuck alone. I'm never leaving you alone. Thank you. I think too. Oh, with- sorry. Hold on. I'm trying to get back sorry, to where I was, I was going. with you. Um, uh, but uh, shit, what did I just say? <laughs> when you would get agitated. Oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that whole uh, getting rid of that agitation made learning about this so much easier. Yeah. And I became more of like a detective. It felt like. Yeah. Where it was like I was in a movie and I was like going down these corridors and and finding um, relics and things that was like holy shit. I'm about to bust this case wide open. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it just, it felt different. Because now you've removed yourself from that agitation. Now it's okay to accept that addiction is not your choice. Mm. So it's separate from you now. Yeah. Look at it as, okay, I'm. I see this thing. I'm at the docks watching people smuggle in drugs. What am I going to do about it? How am I going to change things? That's obviously dramatic, but Very it goes dramatic. back to like yeah. that, that the way that I kind of view things. We talk a lot too, 
me and the team I work with is meeting people where they're at. Mm. Um, and whoever becomes president next or something, or we just need someone to come up with a better plan for this. We get people that come in wanting treatment. And you know this, you can't just go walk in and get into treatment. Right. There's a f- process. You got to have an evaluation done. Insurance needs to approve it. Then it's like, cool, we'll see you in like four days. Hope you can stay sober. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, it's so unfortunate. Like there needs to be a place where these people are like, I'm ready to change and I want to do it now. Because sometimes you only have that short window. Yep. Okay, I'm ready to change. I'm done. I want to be done drinking. <laughs> okay, cool. You need to get an assessment done. Then the person has to type it up. And then they'll send it to facilities you want to go to. They'll reach out to you maybe a week, couple weeks. Good luck out there on your own. Yeah. It's And that's not meeting people where they're at. When they're ready, when they're in that stage of change where they're like, now I'm not in pre-contemplation. I'm, on con- I'm in action. I'm here now. I'm ready to get treatment. Mm-hmm. You can't just show up at Hazelton's doors and say, hey, guys, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, there's extreme cases where it kind of works that way. But you even then. And I'm saying this, too, for like average people, because we hear all the time how these people, these celebrities are like going to check themselves in for a couple weeks somewhere and they just do it because they have the funds we're talking about like average people or even lower income people who need their insurance to pay for their stay there's no way we would be living in a house if we had to pay for your stay yeah well i'm saying like there's uh situations where people showed up but here's the shitty thing so like they show up right and they're in dire straits and they need help um they might get four hours they might get two days but to your point if the insurance insurance. stuff doesn't pan out then they are like all right well nothing we can do and then if we go back to pre-existing conditions if someone's been in a treatment before and they decide to stop covering pre-existing conditions i wonder how that affects their next treat if they need another treatment stay well (laughs) this is a pre your alcohol use disorder is a pre-existing condition so i don't know how much of your actual treatment we're going to cover this time yeah it's sick it sucks it sucks we can go on and on about this yeah so if you're gonna run for president others either side and you talk more about mental health and substance use i will vote for you because i feel like those are the people and it's because it's my job it's my job I, i lived it that's how a lot of people vote is based on the work that they do. Yeah. Because that's, you know, how many hours do we spend working or like what? There's a percentage that we spend working versus doing anything else. And it far outweighs the yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's your your day to day real world existence is, is your job. It's so important. Yeah, it really is. It's they need important. people that care about it in it, too. Like I said, trying to change the way people talk about it, talking about how people are sick. Yeah. So the takeaways from today is we use we I mean, we we do say it, but we may not have said it for a little bit, which is that you can be addicted to anything. It's whatever uh, makes your life unmanageable. Yeah, I did get a I was I go down this rabbit hole where I like to read people's comments. And I was in that Facebook group today, that addiction one, the family one. Okay. 
And someone said that they were really triggered because their significant other was smoking pot in the living room. And it was like different types of people commenting like, really? You get triggered because of pot? It's just a plant. You know, people are going back and forth. In an addiction group? Mm Mm-hmm. And then people were like, porn isn't a plant. It's not a natural thing. People can get addicted to that, like because people are saying it doesn't have psychoactive or it doesn't have oh. addictive properties, and people are fighting it. Like you can be addicted to sex, yes. you can be addicted to porn, you can be addicted to exercise, you can be addicted. I think you can be addicted to food. Like all these people were arguing, and then there'd be people coming in there be like, "No, it can't be an addiction." But it's like if it affects your life, like this person obviously it greatly affects them enough that they got very upset about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just so interesting. Even people in, well, I quit meth and I quit this and I quit that and I smoke pot because it helps with my anxiety. And some people were like, that's great for you. And we're glad that works for you. But obviously this person posting this, it does not work for them. Right. So just being conscious of that. I don't know where I was going with that. No. I, oh, being addicted to yeah. everything. Yep. Yeah. So it was nice seeing people saying, yeah, you can have all these addictions that you're not even putting inside your body. Like, you don't put porn inside your body, you know? Yeah. Like exercise, I guess it is like a physical thing. I yeah, don't know. But it's, it, it's, you're just, you're activating. Yes. On a primal sense. Yes. yes. You're, you're activating yeah. some form of fight or flight yeah. or, um, uh, that whole hunter gatherer gene. Yes. Like there's, yeah. you're activating something. That then changes your mood. So any mood altering, caffeine is a mood altering substance. It sure is. Yeah, um, it's legal, and people are throwing that out. Well, in some states, it's legal, and everyone's like, alcohol is legal, and ever, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was just interesting. It was yeah. an interesting read. I almost commented, but then people said everything that I was gonna, I would have said anyway. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, but the 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 point I was trying to make was. Um, Spending you, money. You can be addiction. You can be addicted to anything. Um, Shopping. When it comes to the food addiction thing, this is not a license to go and tell someone that you think they might be addicted to food because yeah. it is so fucking. It's so tricky. It's so yeah. like, um, God, I can't believe I can't think of that fucking word. Fragile. Tetra- it's a very fragile and sensitive. That's there we the go. Word. Oh my gosh couldn't think of sensitive sensitive i'm the sensitive nancy and i couldn't think of the word it's a very sensitive topic and because it's something that you need to live yeah it's a very confusing thing too so this is not the license to go and tell somebody i think you might be addicted to food no if somebody comes to you with that fine be supportive be be supportive of it but like um all, all, all be of this. Be sensitive on how you talk to them about it. Be sensitive. Be trepidatious um, in your response to them. Yes, compassionate. Yeah. All of those things, and it just w- be willing to receive help. Like if you're going to ask for help, don't, don't just, don't be fishing for the answer that you want so that you feel better about your situation. Yeah. And people who do that, you know it. You don't have to even say it out loud to anybody. You're listening to this and you know you've done it before. Then just accept it and now let's move on. So now what do we do? Mm -hmm. We look for the desire to change. We are the desire to want to change. Yeah. That's a huge step. 
can't just flip a switch and you just are game to change everything. Desire to want to change uh, is important. And then the mental health stuff. Very, very important. And most people in addiction have some underlying things. So take those things away from this episode. And one good thing, too, is they do offer therapy for food disorders, like eating disorders. Binge eating is a disorder. It is classified as an eating disorder. I think we've in our time that we've grown up in and it's obviously changed now. But a lot of times when we thought of eating disorders, the two big ones was bulimia and anorexia. Yeah. Binge eating disorder is definitely on there now. And they're talking more and more about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like that feeling so uncomfortable. Like you would eat until right. you got uncomfortably full. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Where you get sick and all that. So therapy. I mean, even start. Even if you're like, I don't know if I have a problem. Go talk to a therapist. And perfectly segues into... This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. Yes. Slash DDGD. We talk about it all the time. All and, the time. And obviously it sounds like a plug because, I mean, I'm not going to hide it. Obviously they, they sponsored the episode. So um, we are affiliated with them, but it's super fucking important. Like everything that we've sponsored so far or like every sponsor that we've had so far is something that we actually care about. Yeah. Like, we love tattoos. We love Mexican food. They're not a sponsor anymore, but hey, they made really good food. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's this is not, we're not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, this is important stuff. You, I found out you can't swear, actually. Okay. It's fine. Um, but, th- like, it is difficult to find therapy. This yeah. is something that you can do on your own time. When it's convenient for you. Yeah. I mean, and I hear a lot of times when I try and schedule people for therapy appointments. Yeah, but I work from eight to five and not very many facilities (laughs) offer anything after five or, you know, or flexible. Like, man, I'd really like, I mean, when we were in couples counseling, we would have to go on my lunch break. Yep. I'm supposed to schedule a doctor's appointment and I just don't have time to do it. You don't. So this is so convenient for people. I said it earlier in the episode. I'll say it again. One in four people have some type of mental health disorder. And therapy, I know a lot of people are, I like your word, trepidatious about wanting to be on medication. Start with therapy. Kind of try and figure yourself out. And then if, you know, while you're working on that, you can figure out what else you need. And they also can give, you know, kind of work you through so many things. I think a lot of people have some trauma that they probably haven't dealt with. And I feel like a lot of that, you know, start seeing a therapist start. We, like we said before, if you're not mentally feeling well, you're going to affect yourself physically. And now is the time for us to be as physically well as we can because of what's going on in the world. We need to be healthy because and when your mental health's not doing well, your immune system goes down. And what happens when your immune system goes down? You're more likely to get physically ill. Yeah. Well, and seasonal change. Yes. People forget that this happens. Yeah. And then they go, why do I feel so? Ugh. Yeah. And yeah. then like a weekend they go, oh, yeah, that's right. When the seasons change, I, I f- don't yeah. feel as good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, go check them out. Betterhelp.com slash D-D-G-D acronym for the channel that you are on right now duck duck gray duke and uh yeah support the podcast by supporting your mental health yes so so important um 
and better uh, yourself so you can better your life and better your family. You'll be a better worker. You'll be a better parent, a better you partner. You trying to do a better tag than I just did? Yeah, I'm trying to. You'll be a better partner, better friend, <laughs> better parent, better worker, better you. So you better get help. I can't at- believe it's not better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's... So all of the things, please go um, subscribe, share these episodes. Yeah. Makes a huge difference. Word of mouth is, uh, the studies have shown that like word of mouth is uh, like 75% of the procurement, so to speak, for for listeners. Um, And if you want to be featured on, if you'd like to talk with us, you can absolutely be anonymous. Uh, We don't have to use your real name. I can alter your voice. Um, or if you just have questions you'd like us to read. Yeah. And be, yeah, be a guest. I, we learn so much from other people. It. Oh, I know what I was going to say with the guest thing. I know I say this every week, but people say to me all the time, no one's going to get any, what, what do I, what do I have to offer? offer? I'm not that interesting. I'm not that, one of the most downloaded episodes we have is from just some friends of ours. The oh. legally obese episode. They're just they're just buds. Yeah. And they had a lot to offer. Yeah. yeah. There's you you don't every single time that we have a guest on, some at least one person says that that made me think about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it starts a conversation. So y- your story matters. Mm-hmm. And and you matter. And you matter a hundred percent. Um so And just, maybe it's not you, maybe it's a family member and we can leave them anonymous along with you. But maybe your story of a family member or what you saw can help help somebody else. Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's all it, it's not we're we we do not want to have guests on just to have guests on. Yeah. It's it's a learning experience for at least three people. Yeah. You, me, and God. Um, and with that, we'll pass the spread. Oh, nice. Very good. That was very funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably cut that part out. I know that was good, though. It is funny. Maybe I'll leave it in. I don't know. No, take it out. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, I love you. Hey, you beat me to it. <laughs> I love you. And. Oh, uh. If I hope not, but if there's a week where we don't have an episode, it's because we're freaking moving in two weeks. Yeah, we're moving in two weeks, and the internet situation is not good so far. Yeah, so makes me nervous. We'll do and the best we can. Angry. We'll do hot spots, and we'll we'll figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We might have to go to Caitlin and Alex's house and use their internet and interact with them a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well. Ready? Yep. And with with that, that, we we will will pass. pass.